0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power
1: to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America a member FDSE. Welcome to the New Books
0: Network. Hello and welcome again to the New Books Network. Today we are talking about with uh, Luca San about his recent book, The Venice Arsenal Between History, Heritage and Reuse. By, which is a Rutledge-focused book. I am your host today, Bernardo Batislason. And with us is Lucas San, who is at the University of Bologna and is involved in the management of arts heritage organizations within an international comparative perspective with field works in China, Turkey, Peru, Ecuador, and Europe. He's the author or co-author of a number of books, including Management, Rhetoric, and Arts, in 2006, the Management of Cultural Heritage in 2008, and Managing Cultural Heritage in 2016. He is also active in management and accounting historical perspectives, particularly on the history of the Venice Arsenal. He is involved in international teaching in arts management. Until 2020, he was Director of the Graduate Degree in Innovation and Organizational Culture at the University of Bologna and is a adjunct faculty in the Master in Arts Management at Carnegie Mellon University and the CAFA, the China Academy of Fine Arts in Beijing. Lucasan, thank you very much for being with us today at the New Books Network.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you for the invitation and the opportunity.
0: Uh, Before we jump into the book, uh, I would like to make uh, one question well, for the benefit of new scholars or, or early career scholars, which is uh, given your your very large track record in producing and editing books, how would you go about or what would be the, the main um, teaching point or learning experience that you would share with them about writing a book and selecting an, an editorial house and so on?
1: Well, if you know, if you, in my case, this, this question is a, a, a bit strange. I, I'm in the management field mostly. I mean, institutionally, institutionally, I'm based in a management department. Mark career is uh, in the management field, and in the manager field. Normally, we do not produce books. I mean, we are uh, asked to, to to write articles, to to write articles in journals that are ranked. Uh, I hate all these kind of things, to be honest. Uh, so basically, uh, it, it really depends on the field, on your specific field. But In a, in a sense, to me, writing a book, it's a kind of hobby, you know, it is not rewarding from a career point of view, which I think it's crazy. But this is the system. And, um, and, and indeed, what I normally do, and I'm doing also in another research project now. I first try to, to, to do what I think is interesting to me. So, I, in a sense, I'm writing uh, kind of research reports that, that, are, that are interesting to me. And then I'm thinking in terms of books, perhaps. And then I'm thinking in terms of extracting one or two articles that can be published in journals. And uh, so that's a, a bit crazy context, but perhaps uh, it's different in business history, perhaps it's different in another. Mm. But and also, what I did, what I found nice in this in this case, this is a, a kind of Eastern book. The Eastern book is 50,000 words, and um, I had also to bargain with... Pictures and figures and uh, photographies that uh, you have, so you you have to bargain in a sense. That you I don't want more picture. You, you lose words, but I mean this uh, this uh, this idea of fifty thousand words is incredibly interesting. That forces you to be focused on, on, on what you say, and and any single word. I mean, is that worth <laughs> the, the, the the because of the constraint? So uh, I think that's a very nice nice. Uh, experience. I mean, and it's really, I'm not sure is the kind of things I would suggest at the beginning of the career to be almost, maybe, but it depends from the field, of course. But but this is really in terms of, you know, uh, even in terms of trying to make things that are robust from an academic point of view, but also that can be, that can reach a, a wider public. So, once again, given you know, the, the silly rules of the academic game, sometimes I'm not sure it's the best way to to start with in terms of a career. So maybe at the beginning, I would suggest a, a less uh, or a more conventional way in a sense. Right.
0: Yes, thank you. It, it is it is um, a pity that the promotion and uh, rewards are tied to articles, given that books are. Have a longer shelf life and also allow you to reach, as in this case, a much wider audience. But um, I'm also enthusiastic about series like uh, Rutledge Focus, which are these short books that you know can't help and can you know are are is um, are easier to read for an audience that will not engage with a longer uh, discussion. Now, it depends on the topic as well, but. Thank you for that. Let's get into the essence of uh, today's book, which is the Venice Arsenal. And for the people who are not totally familiar with what the Venice Arsenal is, let's give a very broad explanation. And I will try my my hand first, and you will correct me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so the Venice Arsenal. What you're trying to do in in this project is a is a quite a Challenging task because uh, the Arsenal was a shipyard, but was also a place for military innovation and the storage of uh, ammunition and and gunpowder within the the city of Venice. As as such, the the space, which is quite big, I don't remember the the the, um, the um, exact number of square meters. I think it might forty eight hectares. 48 hectares, okay, excellent. Which is, which is a huge, huge, uh, space has been in use for about nine, 900 years. And you are looking at the last 40 years of, of this, uh, history as, as how to rescue and continue this, this space to continue evolving. Uh, is that a fair description? Y-
1: yes. With, uh, with 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 uh, just the uh, major details, what what I'm looking at is, a, is in a sense is double lenses. From one point of view, I'm looking at the Arsenal, the Venice Arsenal, as a historical site for production, as a, a business historian, an accounting historian, a management historian. So this is one of my main research interests, and uh, I'm bringing it to the discussion. So, what what I really try to do in this book is to couple two different streams of research that are normally disjointed and connected. One is history, business history, economic history, management, organizational history, whatever you want to call it, and heritage. So, I'm looking at both uh, sides. So, I'm looking at what's going on now in the last 40 years when the History of the site is is basically the end of production of ships, so the, 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 it's a process of de-industrialization, demilitarization. So, what to do with these 48 hectares of, of uh, old buildings? The, and this is part of the discussion, but the other part of the discussion is what they have been doing there for 815 years before the, the end of this long history. And, you know, they, this is really fascinating in terms of you know, the possibility of, of studying longitudinal uh, longitudinal view of one organization for nine centuries. You know, uh, there are not that many organizations that have been around for such a long period. And that, that is... So, so I, I'm not an architect, so I'm not interested in only on walls and the transformation of spaces, which is crucial and the most uh, the most important things to do as a starting point. What I interests also how these spaces were changing as organizations that were supposed to produce ships and mission and, and whatever.
0: And that's what makes this book fascinating because in a in this very short format you're able to introduce not only different authors as as the the, the book titles as you're you're the editor but you you take a lead by bringing these themes that they you know other other people are are talking about and uh bring them back to management slash organizational slash accounting history and and reflecting you know it and 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 giving this anchor to to the discussion. So you are indeed able to go into these very different directions that would not, as you say, live together in, in mm-hmm. a single title. Uh, but but help us make, make make sense of that. Now one of the first things that that you um, touch on and and that I also mentioned when I sent you the invitation is the role of the Arsenal as as a, a place for management innovation yeah. and for a number of of people in in business history and maybe in strategy as well who have read chandler the you know when you mention an arsenal it's is the west point arsenal that that comes into the into for as as that is is um uh, in in a number of ways, argued to be the um, source of a number of innovations that then spread out and and you know you have this history of capitalism and this cornerstone there, and you rightly so query this this uniqueness and saying well listen we we have here in Italy also a very big arsenal that is also responsible for a number of of innovations, and this is happening even before the industrial revolution. So how about that? so well, i don't know if you have uh a word to elaborate on on this uh, i, I can go on for years on that
1: uh, and i in, before it passed i i met the uh, albert chandler he was in in volando we were talking about that and he finally uh, uh, acknowledged that yes i mean what he says relevant it, from what he said uh, say that his is from a, a, I would say that uh, his analysis is relevant from, I would say, a statistic point of view in terms of uh, uh, the, the the dimension of the phenomenon, of the impact of the phenomenon, yet yeah, in terms of individual experience, uh, 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 well, yeah, yeah, maybe there was something uh, even before. But I mean, that, that's a very serious uh, aspect, you know? and uh, and uh, uh, oh, since something oh, the, before I leave uh, Alfred Chandler Something which is really paradoxical to me, Chandler was in Baltimore, and in Baltimore it was also Frederick Lane. And Frederick Lane is perhaps the most important scholar of Venice, and he wrote a lot, even in terms of the arsenal. So it's interesting. I'm sure that they share some beer or coffee or whatever. Uh, I'm sure that's something I would like to, to go into the archive in Baltimore sooner or later at the Johns Hopkins University, I'm sure they they knew each other. And I'm sure, you know, we we academic. We even talk about what what we do. So I'm sure they share some words of what they were doing. And this is really interesting that Chandler completely ignored that, ignored Venice. You know, in some books talking about the history of management, you have a quotation via a great of what... Some reference to the arsenal, but then uh, not, not in chance, though. and this is really interesting uh, why and how. And wh- what the reason is, you know, that that's a very central point with, you know, the the speed of time and the Anglo domination. We, we we are here. You uh, we are speaking in English, which is not our language. I, I don't, I don't know whether it's your mother language or not, but uh, uh, but the, the the problem is when we all all these sources are written in other languages, how sure we are that we simply identify the right history at the right movements or we are simply ignoring it because we are unable to deal with other sources, you know. Uh, and we come back to Venice. I'm working with Chinese colleagues on the on the management of the Nanjing shipyards in 1541. So that is written in Chinese. So you, uh, there's a main problem of access to sources. Uh, and I guess this is really one of the, uh, 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 what say the mistake, it's a bias, I guess, or than mistake, that, you know, uh, uh, something before industrial revolution was completely out of the mind particularly if you consider the history of the U.S., you know, and what was the U.S. in the 16th or 17th century, but if you think of the organization, I mean, that the, the arsenal itself in said 3,000 workers, which is the double of the railroad company that Chandler was referring to 400 years later. So it's really something that was out of the perception, I would say, and out of the sources, basically. But it is there, and you know uh, uh, this is not just Italy, it's not just europe it's i am sure that, that that the the same bias did uh, uh, that we simply forget what what was happening in the rest of the world you know that's that's kind of west centrism that that we have you know I, I'm sure that in terms of um, state manufacturing and all you can have in China. Or even in the Ottoman period, a lot of things to, to, to find out in terms of organizing. You know, the organization of production is in itself everywhere, anywhere, at any time. The real problem with management is whether you find something written about that. You know, the pyramids are very unlikely to be constructed by randomly. You, you need a serious kind of organization. To, to, to build it or churches or whatever it is. The problem is that if you don't have sources, you you, you simply look at the the, the the artifact to say what's beautiful, it's impressive. What is really interesting in the Venice Arsenal is that we had text. that were I, they were asked to write report about what was going on in the Arsenal. So I, I can read This guy's 1586, that I share the same concern that I have It's my culture as a management expert, as a management consultant or whatever, researchers, that they're raising similar questions. When I first read this document, 1586, I was really, you know, when you uh, start, Jesus, that's Crazy. That's
0: unbelievable, and it is. Thank you for that. It it is, but and, and and as you as you, um, in 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 response, you 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 touch on a number of of things. I I mean, this was not meant to downplay the contribution of Chandler, but just to point that we 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 can and should broaden our our discussions in the emergence of capitalism, because. In the latter part of your response in my view you're touching on two very important things one of them is what is management and what how do we define that because for historians that is important in trying to establish uh, when a phenomenon is, is is taking place and and defining management and and managers is is um is difficult at least there's no consensus and secondly, whether these processes are limited to a capitalist organization or not. I mean, you mentioned the pyramid, but we would, we could say that, you know, to, to talk about management with it or modern management that's taking place in, in a, in, in a capitalist, the uh, profit seeking, um, organization that would put it in the industrial revolution and and beyond but nevertheless i think that both in the book and in your answer you point to a very important thing that has received relatively little attention which is the history of of management processes rather than of man- manager as 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 an individual that sometimes comes across as you know in in a gendered way our, our picture is is of a is of a male, white, uh, middle-class, maybe Protestant as, 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 as you say in an anglo saxon setting to, you know, how are people dealing with different, um, issues of organizing and of, uh, being able to, um, relocate resources from one place to the other in a purposeful way, you know, much deeper than you're going in the, in the book in a, in a way. But, uh, so let's go back to the, let's go back to the book and you have four parts. I don't know if you want to tell us how you thought about splitting this, this uh, story into four main sections.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, this is uh, an edited book in English that follows another couple of edited books in Italian uh, about this topic. So uh, that were related to some initiative that we have in terms of uh, Conferences, so and one of the main point is for the book as such, uh, more than academic book dedicated to scholars and only to scholars. This is really trying to make things happen. You know the the situation of the arsenal is quite, as we will talk later, in terms of what they are doing now with the arsenal. It's quite uh, sad and and. Uh, badly managed, sorry to use this word, uh, but, but so basically we were trying to make things change. So, in a sense, it's more a kind of, uh, if you say, kind of civic engagement, not, not simply uh, ivory tower kind of research. So, the fourth part is one, uh, it's a, what we were talking about uh, before, but it's just a reminder. It's a, it could be three books in, in, on its own. This is the a very crucial organization, for the history of administration, for the history of management. So why? I mean, what? Well, so all this discussion we were having, before, just a reminder to the to the to the reader: it's not simply recovering a industrial heritage side; it's understanding its importance and relevance. From the historical point photos... of view, so this is the first part. The second part is on the on the process of decay. You know, uh, there's nothing it, 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 uh, as lack of users or buildings to make the, the decay very very quickly. So, when the production, military production, and was uh, abandoned, and basically after World War II, soon after the the the, 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 the was nothing really going on, and it was simply non-used. And this is so negative in terms of impact for the buildings themselves. So there was a lot of decay, a lot of uh, problems for, for, for what remains with the questions of reuses. This is one of the basic points with industrial heritage. You know, uh, and industrial heritage is yes, when you have a business that has been out set out of the market basically it's a kind of creative destruction this is a destruction of creativity elsewhere and you have to decide what to do. Do you bulldoze everything or not? Uh, Unfortunately not in the case of that. So the second part is mainly or what happened in terms of discussion of the reuses of the arsenal starting from 1980 basically or 40 years of debate, part three in particular, as a focus on the idea of a museum of the Arsenal, that was a huge project carried out uh, around 2000, ending in 2007, uh, which is very interesting in itself because it's really how to, to to narrate the story, how to help the potential visitor to understand what, what this com- incredibly complex uh, town of buildings that have been transformed for centuries, not to say the intangible part of it. And uh, also this is important, this third part, because the idea of a museum is also kind of excuse to force open access to the site, which is not the case at the moment. And then the, the 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 fourth part is more kind of research agenda, what we learned in terms of understanding industrial heritage sites of this kind, how we can go further on 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 there. So these are the four parts, but then there is an the appeal we will talk later perhaps when uh, we were in press, there was something happening with that. I need to write a brain say, come on, please another good to discuss we, can, uh, we
0: can. yes we can we can touch on on it now if you want to it's uh perfectly okay we we'll, and then come back to the okay. challenges of of managing heritage and managing uh shipyards uh as a heritage site which are some of the other very interesting topics that you bring out here
1: uh, yeah I would, would you like to to start from the from the end so just oh what do you prefer
0: uh, <laughs> uh up to you.
1: Yeah, well, just, just to see, just to see, uh, you know, we are not uh, academics lost nowhere. We are part of a game. We are part of a conflict. Uh, when, uh, uh, w- when we were in test with this book, there was a, a very interesting, important, uh, uh, I would say, negative event that the municipality of Venice. With the Ministry of Defense and the Ministry of Culture agreed to push to split one part of this uh, of the arsenal completely out of any of the points that were discussed for forty years uh, in Venice, including a couple of master plans that have been published in two thousand and one, two thousand and fifteen, uh, ignoring totally the idea of the museum. So. Out of the blue, they came out with this idea of splitting this part, and part of it will be used by the Biennale, Uh, part of of it will be used by the Navy, who knows why and what, and without any link to any kind of previous discussion and plan. So that was, and and also was very politically imposing to the city uh, this idea with any participation. there is an issue here of the arsenal, uh, which is crucial, which is the lack of access. So basically, this is 116th of Venice, this huge area, which normally you cannot get in. You cannot get in in the military, the Navy part. You cannot get in in the Biennale part unless you pay 24 dollars euros, sorry, uh, for six months. A year, because when the Biennale is off, you cannot get in at all. So that's you know, if you if you think in terms of the the, Nara uh, of a Paro Convention, the citizens has the right to read. Venetians cannot get in, basically, and uh, that was not case during the discussion for forty years. So, and this is what is talking, uh, what happened uh, last year. But this, Let me go to the very end, just to see it, it's not simply academic stuff. You know, this is next couple of months the Biennale Architecture will open and uh, we have been invited by Austrian Pavilion to do something a really interesting role that they wanted to, to have open access. You know, there's an issue of contradiction with the Biennale because they are talking about inclusion. Then the citizen, citizen cannot get in. So they wanted to have a half of the pavilion, free access. So they were opening a door, temporary door on the wall and that would have been free access and they are, are normal access from the Biennale. And they were not allowed to do that but there will be, in, in any case, the, the words keep the 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 familiar empty, saying that is what we wanted to do, but we were not allowed. But there is an issue, the crucial issue, of access to the arsenal, which has not, which have been removed, is not under discussion anymore. But this is what we are doing now. In the, in any, so if you if you haven't yet come to any of you to, to come to the Venice Venice in the next month. Uh, after May, there will be the the, the the Biennale architecture will be open. So please come to the the the, the, the Ocean Pavilion. So it, it, it's still a battle going on. There, and when you talk with people about what's going on and what is not happening in in, in Venice and in the Ocean, in particular, all over the world, people say, "How is it possible?" So, that that is really the sense of this book. So, I can go, we'll go back now to details, but the idea is we want open access. We want people to get in and use the city, they are part of the city. You know, one of the problem here is that uh, the Biennale is not simply individual buildings, We like, put accept. I mean, I, I love the Biennale. I'm always checking my students every year to. Biennale Art or Biennale Architecture, so not, not, not an issue on this. The problem is that rather than the individual buildings, they have a monopoly on the space, so you cannot pass, you cannot walk in. So this happens for the Biennale part, this happened for the Navy part, so nobody can go there and walk, basically. It's still an uh, uh,
0: uh, off-limits area. Um, and this, but this also points to uh one of the assumptions or one of the starting points of the book and indeed of of the story that you're telling which is um this arsenal has been built with public money may of one sort of the other and, and and it's and it's a very important part of the heritage of the city and therefore is ultimately of the citizens of 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 venice to have and to enjoy and to Benefit from that. I'm, I mean, you 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 would have a very different uh, point of view, maybe in a, in a, in another part of the world. where they say, well, this is you know just old buildings. We're gonna take them down oh. Oh. and uh, and build a, a, a huge skyscraper in in one of the most um, iconic cities in the in the world, so that we can have a great hotel with a casino.
1: Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that, that's the contradiction indeed, because. Uh, uh, still, uh, despite all the problems, uh, uh, the Arsenal in Venice is relatively well kept. So uh, that is, that was really my surprise. This is the part two of the book, and uh, and that was this uh, first conference we had, and. I was really shocked to see, I and mean, there was a very quick process of decay, physical decay, and you know, the rules that were falling down. It's a pity I cannot share the the pictures with the, with the audience because they're really very telling. So uh, that was really serious problem of survival of the physical buildings. Then a lot had been done silently, in silence, I would say in in the last 20, 30 years i mean we have laws that up, up, and not allowing you to 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 bulldoze uh, uh, the heritage uh, and uh, so they were protecting in a sense and they were also spending a lot of money to repair and uh, the, the roofs uh, to to just to, to some very interesting uh, even experiment of you know restoration, uh, which very interesting ideas of buildings within the buildings. So basically, there is an auditorium which is inside one of the shed uh, that is not touching the walls, so it's not intruding, it's reversible, it's all this kind of things that, if uh, you, you, you talk when you hear about uh, conservation, no, it's wonderful. So, uh, now, that there there is a technical problem here. I mean, the arsenal itself is huge, and individual buildings are huge, so they are not easy to reuse as is it's normal with industrial heritage, The easiest way is uh, real estate. You no, know, you make loft or you make an apartment. You, you cannot make apartments of or, or these sheds. They uh, are a sort of hangar. Yeah, they are huge. What is 80-meter long and 24, large. It's a, it's a big graft. That's <laughs> too, too, too big. So, it, it, there's no possibility of using it this way. So, they were restoring it, them. And what is interesting, there the, the were different institutions that were putting money, the, the Ministry of Culture with this Superintendency, Tendency system, that is the, the Italian League of uh, Preserving Heritage, there was other institutions. Well, the Biennale itself was getting money from the Ministry of Culture for restoring part of the buildings that they were using. So, but what if yes, one of them? Funny thing, you know. Normally, when you have a sponsor, gives you see a penny. He wants uh, to be, you know, his name, its name on the advertise and uh, reminded. Uh, nobody wanted to be quoted in you know? a sense. So they were putting money in silence. And even reconstructing how much has been done, how much has been spent, it's it's really difficult because nobody really wants to to appear in a sense. no. So, but this is really, uh, the, the problem is really the problem of reuses more than conservation in itself. So, a lot of things have been done. The problem is if, if you have empty spaces and you restore them, and you're not using them in a matter of 10 or 20 years, you risk to go back to the same situation of decay. So, but there's a we have the culture of preservation, conservation in it, strong culture. So, you won't be allowed, I mean, to do what, what they are doing here in Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I'm based in Pittsburgh at this moment, and I know this the of the, the, the historical downtown there. Well, year to year, you, you see one one building meets in and another building, in, as you will see. Now, that's not the case in Venice. The word preserving, that's still preserved. Well, the real problem is that, oh, you know, what to do reuses, how to reuse that. You know, that's a, that's a contradiction in the sense. In other countries, they would have been, they would have done even worse in the sense that they would have destroyed or turned down everything. We didn't, but then is what do you do with this?
0: Exactly. And uh, you also, as you were talking, you reminded me of this uh, international debate, or at least it, it hit the, the international media of of the uh, old houses in Shanghai, which mm-hmm. are a very particular architecture and they're just disappearing left and right, and there is no commitment, uh, for restoration in, in that sense. And, and it also has also happened in Mexico City, in the city center and, you know, all over the place. But let me go back to one of the other themes that you come out in the book. And that is very much with your, uh, organizational, especially management accounting, uh, well, not management, but accounting historian hat on, which is the, your, your, I uh, wouldn't let's say criticism or at least pointing out this lack of uh, property, this lack of of, um, fiscal. Not I wouldn't say fiscal, but certainly numeracy in making the the arguments. You say, well, there are all of these plans to create the the the, the museum or to open access, or even before, and none of them are really, you know, that they are ideas, but they are not uh, trying to sustain what they are saying with. Uh, in a way that it can be audited or at least verified or at least getting an idea of how they come for the number of of you know that they say well it's have a million visitors a year well how do they come for this for, for this number no and, and and is that something that it's more because of the lens that you are using and where you're coming from or do you, or how important it is for art management to to have these uh tools of management to to make an argument
1: I mean, that, that is really interesting, you know, uh, and, and it's also paradoxically, as I put it, because it's in a place where management has been invented or we have this early example of management uh, and you have no management at all in terms of all these ideas and projects. I mean, and this is really, uh, I guess, this is why arts management as a field is emerging in the last years, because, I mean, there are all, all this kind of... Uh, Projects of such dimension uh, yeah, needs to be to be tested in terms of visibilities, in terms of risks, in terms of uh, you know how much uh, how much would they cost? What are the alternatives? You know, I have one of the things I was mentioning is very interesting experiments of uh, buildings inside the buildings. But you know, when architects do things of this kind, they never think in terms of cost. So, you know, what what, what the 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 opportunity cost uh, for doing that or not doing that, what are the alternatives that you could have had? There's something that nobody architects, you know, like, uh, like like artists in general, you know, in the arts field, that's course funny in working in this area. But they, they work in terms of general value, universal value, you know, you're a professional you want the best and you never question the budget you know and it's really interesting to see that in any in any of this debate and discussion there was any reference to to numbers as you said to numbers of different kind of in terms of potential users uh, investment I uh, running cost uh, and this is really a pity because the 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 best project could easily fail uh, uh, with in essence of this kind of you know, I, I'm not a a, 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 a neoliberal uh, e- economist. I'm not saying that uh, you know, saving is everything uh, that uh, in the art field you will kill the art. but I mean being aware of how much. it it cost, how much it could cost, Uh, how much uh, that is so crucial in terms of, you know, uh, uh, feasibility in terms of risk.
0: And that was in, sorry,
1: Uh... in fact this was the end of this beautiful project of the museum. So they basically uh, had a very, you know, that was a museum that was uh, 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 interesting one fifth of uh, of the of the whole arsenal, a huge area, twenty thousand square meter and they uh, had a very detailed uh architectural plan must plan for restoring each individual building you know from the basement walls and the uh, so and that was up to sixty million euros, but they never calculate the cost of setting up, you know, making it a museum request and other money. And then when you're opening the doors, you have running costs and you have revenues. I'm sorry to to, to, to be so trivial, but I have back. that's life with organizations. So and, and so they were just having a tender that nobody really applied because how, who would be so silly to to commit it himself or certain herself without knowing the, the the cost, the revenues, the potential, uh, the economic sustainability. So, that was really the main problem. And this is really, really a historical issue. I mean, architects uh, never, never care that much due to the uh, running, uh, running cost of these trivial issues of uh, maintenance or development cost. But this is a this is a new era indeed, and in fact things are uh are changing uh, 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 and, and that already changed so many places in the world
0: yeah well, that was that that is interesting for me because my grandfather made was an architect and he made his name it's not many. His... <laughs> no no, it's okay but but the po- the interesting thing is that he made his name as a great project manager uh-huh. right. the, i mean he he did so he he died young, and did some interesting architectural contributions. Mm-hmm. Uh, not said by me, but has been recognized. But but really, he made his name as an excellent project manager. And actually, we 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 have a colleague at the Manchester uh, Business School where where they had uh-huh. a, a project management modules, and they are run by. So happens a, a Mexican architect, nothing to do with me, but uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but the, to my mind, you know, architects are are might not be very good with numbers in terms of budgets, but they're certainly good. I mean, a good architect will be a, a, a good project manager. But, but anyway, um,
1: Lucas, you know, you know, this is really a question that happens with all professional fields, that with doctors is the same with healthcare care is the same. If you're a good doctor, you want to save people whatever the cost. But then, if you are in charge of a uh, hospital, you, you have to care about cost. Yeah, you, you have to compromise. You have to to trade off. And this is really what what is fascinating in this field of arts management. You know, you always have this contradiction, and you have to 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 bargain. You have to trade off. Um, but that, this is really in in the last decades before what, what was not the point. It was not trade off.
0: Thank you. Is there something else from the book that we're missing, and and that you think that we should uh, mention?
1: I mean, in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, the framework that we are developing, you know, it's uh, working on this scale. Really, uh, it came, it came out. Uh, you know, when you're talking using the lenses of management you you can use at three different levels. What what I can bring in as a management expert, in a sense, in a particular, I'm talking about industrial heritage. Well, so there are three levels. The first level is how I can see the history of this production entity, production organization. So this is what I was referring to the first part of the book. And also here, it's very interesting you have I have de- I developed this notion. I love the, the I love the term industrial archaeology more than industrial heritage. But in Europe, we use industrial. Um, but industrial archaeology is, makes you think that you really have to, to, to dig to find things that are not there to do. So, and what is interesting here? I mean, you have this kind of potential stratigraphy of organizing. You now, these organizations that have been around for such a long period. You could write the history of of Europe, perhaps looking at the different layers of organizing, uh, and, and what, you can see the implication of the changes uh, uh, you know, for, uh, over uh, 900 years. So th- this is this is one first uh, contribution that we as managerial scorer can bring in, which is understanding the intangible, the history of the intangible. So, the history of organizing. And the second is to help architects or urban developers or mayors uh, when they are dealing with industrial heritage. How, to what extent, and how keep part of the history in new projects of reusing of the sites. And you can simply transform it in a, in a loft. With, uh, with the plaque or, or even without, uh, or you can keep some of it. You can uh, uh, you can preserve both part of the machinery, you can give idea of what was going on with different kind of technologies and media. But, but we can be, in a sense, contributor you know, from that point of view, how you narrate the history of the site that are not more used as a production site. And the third one is what we were entering, once you had this new side, uh, uh, with a new concept, with this defined, which has already defined to what extent give space to the history, to the narration of history itself, then you can use from well, from Third point of view, which is how feasible it is. So in terms of cost, running cost, uh, oh. revenues, margins, uh investment, people, et etc., visitors, etc. So there are three different layers that, that you can bring in with the management lenses. But that I mean all of them were forgotten completely in the case of them. So it's a case of bad practice that can teach us much more than good practice or best practice. You know, you can learn so much from from all the mistakes that were, that were done here. But really this framework Sounds to me very promising, and, and you know, one of the things that we are doing next there's in connection with the with the with the Biennale two thousand twenty three, we are inviting uh, representatives of historical shipyards in Europe to discuss the same process of transformation. You know, uh, and it's fascinating because you kind a completely different. History a completely different path. So th- th- this is really, you from a you know, it, it, if we are able to give this three layers of attention, which is looking at history, looking how history is presented, and looking at the future, yeah, even in terms of you know the the, the contribution to to our business history or economic history, you know. Well, that was so important. I mean, it's not just the Bandits Arsenal that was important. And all this, uh, TPRs have been so important in the history of capitalism. Let we go back to the first point, if you want. And, uh, and have been so complex. Can you imagine managing GPS, uh, the fate to the India's company? You know, can, can you imagine the, the challenges that? Uh, um, so uh, uh, so this is uh, the, the the trying to apply this articulated framework, avoiding this the condition of over permanent, you know, visualization by so each of us working at this narrow focus, but try to have this multidisciplinary, not interdisciplinary focus. So maybe in a year or two, but I would say well, two than one. We can discuss another book, which, you know, which is still an, an edit book. But, you know, uh, back to the first question, here: you know, edit book doesn't pay anything in terms of career development. Perhaps so important in terms of, you know, the contribution to debate, focusing on some discussion and points. So that will be another edited book in a couple of years. I would, I hope so.
0: Well, you've you've answered my my last question, which is was, what was your 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 last project, and in in that, having edited some some books, my myself, I I think that one of the things that you did very nicely, as I mentioned at the beginning, is being able for the different parts of the book to talk to each other, which has that is the main challenge of having an, an edited book when when you have a couple of authors that are uh, intervening. Sometimes you know they you you find. People writing their own piece and they don't really talk to each other, and that's certainly the case with with a number of of, of edited books where, you know, they they are just standalone almost articles or long articles. Yeah. But making making the parts talk to each other and and you've made a great effort and and you know great success in each and every time bringing things back to to the fore. And just uh, just uh, before we we finish, I'll, I'll give you a a, a, a small anecdote uh, about. White shipyards are still relevant. And talking to a very large uh, bank, which a global systemic bank, uh, <clears throat> the head of uh, a well one of the a very important human resources person, um, basically got his ex- his experience in dealing with you know how do you rationalize uh, a large number of banks. Precisely by dealing with the closure of shipyards in in his uh, home country, so you know you still have that communication of of management processes and and uh, between different industries and and probably we we have forgotten the importance of of shipyards as as they've you know either move east or 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 they are not uh, as important as they were at the beginning of the twentieth or late. 19th century you know where, when shipbuilding was one of the critical industries uh for for development but uh, anyway it'll yeah, be very interesting so, so, as in, Jata,
1: uh, also from this point of view the whole process of the industrialization has huge impact i mean in terms of social employment and they're, they're really uh, uh, the more we go to where uh, you know delocalization uh, de- 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 I everything mean, no, we are transforming our cities. I mean, and it's uh, really, and the case of Venice is really impressive in terms of the, debt, the the risk of killing a city. You know, there are nowadays just fifty thousand inhabitants in in Venice. The story about the, the so-called fish. You know, the why the municipality is two hundred and eighty thousand, which is master in Venice. So, but 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 then. These are, even in terms of impact, social impact, a huge process, yes. That risk to destroy the, the whole fabric of social fabric in you know, the with tourism, over-tourism, all these caravans, kind of that will, that risk to happen, and, and for sure that happened then.
0: Right. Thank you very much, lucas for being with us at New Books, new, new Books Network. Today It has been a super interesting uh, conversation. Hope to have you here again in a year or two when you have your, your new book. Or any other book, and to um the the those who have kindly um listened to this interview, we appreciate your time. If you are not a subscriber, please do subscribe to the podcast. And if you are a subscriber, rank us or send us a comment. That always helps, and to know what we are doing right and what we could do better. Again, Lucasan, thank you very much.
1: Thank you, thank you. It was really a good opportunity. Thanks again. Thank you for the listener. Thanks so much. i see you with the next book. <laughs>